Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. We are kicking off a special miniseries here on Outwatch where we will be watching and dissecting the 2007 CBS reality series Kid Nation, which is some wild stuff in a truly <laughs> wild time. <laughs> This couldn't be more fitting. Uh, I don't know what else I would rather do in quarantine than watch 40 children participate in a reality program. Uh, my name is Alex and I will be uh, giving up the reins as host here in a minute to Adam, who's our resident uh, summer camp expert, which puts him in a great place to lead the discussion on this show. Um, yeah, a little bit of background, which I'm sure we'll get into, but. Uh, if you typically follow along and listen to us for the Survivor content, you can find this as well pretty easily on the Internet. This is a um, loosely a reality show that was on CBS and it's 40 kids put in an abandoned town and now they have to survive. It's wild that this ever existed in the world. Um, <laughs> before we get into breaking down today's episode... Um, or episodes, rather. One quick bit of um, housekeeping news. Uh, you can find, now in addition to all of your normal podcast platforms, the um, legacy episodes of Outwatch and new episodes uh, as well are going up on our YouTube channel. Uh, as of now, the entire first season of Outwatch is available on the Megabed Media YouTube channel. That's right. Outwatch is a proud member of the Megabed Media podcast network. Um, and you'll surely hear more about that in the days and weeks to come. Um, so, yeah, look up Megabed Media on YouTube if you prefer um, watching stuff that way. So before we get into today's episode, it's time that you meet our co-hosts and uh my friends. <laughs> uh, Scott, since you were the since you are the reigning champion of uh, Fantasy Survivor, why don't you go first? Welcome to Outwatch, Scott. Hi guys, good to be back. So especially good to coming be back. off of Fantasy Victory. <laughs> Boo. Uh uh uh. Uh. Wait, play. You know what? I can get loud too. What the. F that's how Scott's feeling right now. <laughs> like Sandra. Hey, Scott, there's a, a total of 40 kids in this show. Um, which of those 40 kids do you feel like you resonate most with um, that you are seeing go through this experience? Uh, which one quit the quit first? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Jimmy. 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 Little Jimmy. Let's see. If I was like a 10 year old kid, I would probably be Jimmy. Like I would not do this. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, I feel like I would be like, it depends on my age. So if I was 10, I would be worthless. But if I was, if I was one of the older kids, I feel like I would be maybe closer to the Michael range. I feel like I would be a productive member of society, maybe more idealistic. You're not a Greg. What? You're not a Greg. Oh, I don't think I'm. So <laughs> Nowadays I might be more Greg, but 14, <laughs> but 14 year old me was maybe more Michael. I don't know. Jimmy came in here and immediately he was all I'm ready to cry. <laughs> <laughs> 
comes in with some big Garrett Adelstein energy. This isn't fun <laughs> for me right now. I, I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to Outwatch, Scott. Um, Adam, welcome to Outwatch as well. So good to be here, Alex. Who, which kid are you? You know, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I think Zach from Florida. I don't know who, who that is. 11. He's the kid that uh, during the storm kind of takes charge and he tells everyone mm. to calm down. Um, has some leadership tendencies to him, but like in general, just isn't very effective as a leader. <laughs> I think that just kind of like nails me like right there. Uh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Hey, thanks for having me again. Always. Uh, what what kid would you uh, find yourself in the same shoes as? Um, the one who hasn't been on camera at all. That would be me. <laughs> I, I was see a you more little as mouse when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, I probably would have done my best to work hard, but I was pretty frail. So that would have only taken me so far. And I would not be doing any kind of interviews or making much noise. We all know it's all about the confessional content. Yeah, I would have been. Purple edited out by choice. <laughs> <laughs> Purple Olivia this season so far. Purple Olivia. <laughs> Emily, I think that you um, would have been blown into a building during that massive windstorm. <laughs> I was really worried that one kid was getting swept away. Yeah, that. Yeah, I uh, I've been in a windstorm like that before and. I have never like I couldn't close my eyes because the wind was keeping them open. And I had flashbacks during that. <laughs> and I was an adult when that happened. I can't imagine if I was a kid, I probably would have just had some lifelong trauma. I think there's a scene in an episode of SpongeBob where that happens. <laughs> probably. And that other voice you hear is special guest on our Outwatch miniseries. Uh, Jen, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you. It's an honor. Yeah. Uh, which kid do you most resonate with? Yeah, so I would say either between Sophie, um, Kitchen Girl. Sophia. Uh, Sophia, Sophia, sorry. Mm -hmm. Sophia or um, the older sister of the two Indiana girls. Yeah. Um, Olivia? Olivia, so. yeah. yeah. Her little sister's Mallory. Mm -hmm. Mallory, yeah. And... Yeah, I was telling Alex, I don't think any of the girls have really like, sh like they haven't focused on their leadership skills quite as much as like with those two girls. So I think that's why I'm pulling for those. Mm -hmm. I would have definitely um, crushed this for sure. <laughs> 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 experience. Um, yeah, I was a Girl Scout, um, but not the annoying Mike kind of Scout, you know, yeah. and. <laughs> Um, I was just a born leader, you know? Wow. Yeah, real <laughs> Sophia energy. <laughs> I think you would also be the, the single person to raise your hand every time they're like, does anybody have a problem with the, the council? <laughs> I totally love it. Um, fun fact, guys. Last time we recorded a podcast was um, within the, the final 24 hours of Jen and I not being engaged, so... That's right. Yes. Yes. Alex are engaged. <laughs> yep. It was all thanks to the romantic vibes at our Outwatch Amazon finale. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure yep. about him until I saw him live on the Outwatch <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's when I you knew. Know. 
You know, I've seen the ring and it looks scarily familiar to a Zeta Pledge crown. <laughs> <laughs> I got them shipped from the same Chinese website. <laughs> I thought it was ethical. Um, yeah, a real Robin Amber story. <laughs> a real Robin Amber I don't have like a great answer to this, but Jen insists that the Alex on the show with the one tooth is also me. He had um, a line where he was like, all this violence makes me uneasy. Yes. <laughs> and she said that that was me. So, well, he has the same bowl cut that he had when he was a child. <laughs> and he's just the cutest little thing. Also, he's the one that his transition glasses never transition. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're always dark. Uh, so, yeah, we have watched the first three episodes of Kid Nation. So this is probably going to be about a, I don't know, about a four episode miniseries where we go through this weird series. Um yeah, there's a playlist on YouTube where you can find all of these episodes for free. If you just type in Kid Nation, you'll find a playlist and all of them are in there. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to watch this wild show as well, you can. A Adam, do you know if it's on CBS All Access? Uh, it is not. Okay. We actually I, I remember checking a while back and then we checked again before we started watching this because yeah. CBS was the one that aired it. So Correct. it makes sense that they should have it. They're too embarrassed. They're too yeah. chicken. They can't do it. Yeah, they probably want to strike all record from this show's existence. <coughs> yeah. From the world. Uh, well, like I said off the top, Adam is going to be leading um, us in our Kid Nation journey for this miniseries. So, uh, Adam, it's all yours. Take it away. Thanks, Alex. So uh, off the bat, you've heard the name of the show that we're doing. It's called Kid Nation. Uh, there is a chance that you remember it. Um, it was it aired in 2007 for 13 episodes. There was one season of this show. Uh, it was pitched as a sort of reality show, um, reality game show type thing, which was fairly popular at the time. Uh, a group of 48 to 15 year old kids are sent to Bonanza, New Mexico, which is an abandoned pioneer town uh, and told to revive it. Um, it's in the show. It's sort of pitched as this like, let's see what kids can do. Uh, but in reality, the producers, the creator of the show really pitched it as more. Uh, Lost is really popular right now. <laughs> There's hundreds of abandoned people on this island with these overarching stories from episode to episode that don't necessarily relate or whatever. And we can do something similar, hmm. uh, even going so far as to call this a social experiment. Um, so so to give us some context as we're watching this, uh, keeping that in mind that the show is never actually meant to be a game show. Uh, it was it was meant to just be something where a a person uh, who uh, the creator of the show took 48 to 15 year olds, put them in an abandoned 1800s pioneer town and let the cameras roll. Uh, CBS added the game show components to it because it was popular at the time. Town seven survivors really starting to reach a peak. Uh, Big Brother. There are reality shows all over the place. It's just it's a massive thing in that moment. Uh, so. What happens is all these kids, they get there, uh, they are they're, they're dropped off from a bus uh, 
a few miles away from Bonanza because they can't drop them off in Bonanza, apparently. Uh, they introduce them to these four kids that represent their general demographics. And Jonathan, the host, says age and geography as the only two examples of demographics, <laughs> uh, which I love. <laughs> uh, and uh, sends them on their way. Says these four people are your council leaders and they're in charge. You guys kind of follow them. Uh, they get divided up into four different districts, a green, yellow, blue, and is it red, red, yellow, red, blue and red. Mm -hmm. uh, district. And uh, they're, they're they're sort of living their town. And then we get to what is known as the first showdown, which is really where uh, CBS added their game show components to this. Mm -hmm. So what happens is every episode, there is one showdown. Uh, where all the districts compete against each other, but if all the districts get something done at the same or get it done within a certain amount of time, then they get to choose between two prizes, which are always is pretty much always something extremely practical and something completely impractical. Uh, so you're asking a bunch of kids to choose the practical or fun thing, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> You're, they're also competing for uh, their jobs in the town because while it is pitched as these kids are going to build a society, uh, the producers structure everything. Here is your council and here are your jobs. And what they do is say there is an upper, uh, an upper class, a merchant class, a cook's class, and a labor class. If you are an upper class, you don't have to do anything. You get paid a dollar per day. If you are a merchant class, you have to run the shops and the uh, saloon. Uh, which is basically a candy store and a soda fountain. Uh, and you get paid 75 or 50 cents a day, 50 cents a day. The cooks class cooks for everybody, which I don't know if you've ever cooked for 40 people, but there is no eight to 15 year old that is equipped to cook for 40 people on a wood fired <laughs> stove. Uh, they get paid 25 cents a day and the labor class gets to clean out all of the outhouses and all that good stuff. And they get paid 10 cents a day. So, uh, the producers essentially throw all these kids into town and say, best of luck. Also, here's a class system that we devised. <laughs> Enjoy. And that is Kid Nation. Uh, it's going to be 13 episodes. We're going through a, a number of different episodes per our episode of miniseries um, because we don't want to go through this beat by beat because it's not really designed to be that way. Uh, so off the bat, I guess I just want to ask you guys coming into this, not knowing I assume you didn't do too much research into Kid Nation. Uh, what are your just episode one? What what are you thinking? Let's go. Let's go with Scott. Like first episode. How are we feeling about this as a show? Right. Yeah. So I did no research for this show at all. I just like clicked on the link, started an episode and off we go. Um, so, yeah. I'm happy it's not a game show because I don't, I just feel like it's going to, it would make it somehow worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't, my first thought watching it is like, how is this, what, how is this going to make it the full season? <laughs> like, did, mm -hmm. like is it, was it meant to go longer or is 13 episodes like all we get through? <laughs> um, and also just like, what is the dynamic, like, what is the dynamic going to be like? Are the kids actually going to be able to make it? Like, are the adults going to have to step in? Like I had many thoughts, mm -hmm. but 
I don't know. I, I'm kind of happy it wasn't like, I'm happy we're not voting kids off and stuff. So I feel like that would not be, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't, I wouldn't feel good watching it for some reason. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's fair. There's definitely, uh, what was a few years ago, there was a show. Uh, I don't remember what it was on, but it was, uh, they were tasked. It was a bunch of adults and they were tasked with creating a perfect society society. Um, and it gets canceled after like eight episodes or something like that because it's crazy. Dude, uh, is this the show? I, I remember this. Isn't it a show that's that's marketed and pitched as that, but it's actually like a scripted drama? It's or is so that it's, a different one. It's a different one because this okay. one, the one I'm talking about, like it, they put their location out into the world until people would actually come up to the place where they were supposed to do be like building their society and like try to basically try to get on camera and like stuff huh. like that. There were a lot of mistakes they made trying to make that show <laughs> <laughs> that not being the, the biggest one. Uh, but yeah, so this, this was an interesting question of mine. Cause I, so I vaguely remember this show from when I was a kid, uh, it, it happening. I don't remember watching it, but when I found out there were 13 episodes of this, I was like, I have to watch this because how does this not get canceled? Yeah. And, and you're like, and that's, and that's my, my big question is we're three episodes in. If you are the producer on this show, when would you have pulled the plug? Alex. 2007, such a weird time. <laughs> if I've learned anything from our like Amazon rewatch is that TV was such a, just a wildly different thing than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a moment in episode three with the like weather situation mm-hmm. when I was like, Oh, is this safe? <laughs> Are we, is this okay? Um, and that, that was the moment where I was kind of like, uh, this maybe is like, not just, I don't know, a bad idea, but like maybe actually unsafe. <laughs> um, so that maybe that was my point. Yeah. It wasn't the unsupervised kid rushing the bowl. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask about. If anyone remembered that moment. Yeah, that was, was like, oh, we're about to watch a nine year old get gored on TV. Yeah, well, because this because this is the problem with this show is if you are a part of the camera crew, you're a producer or whatever, and you're watching this kid. Stand his ground against the bowl and then start walking towards it. How do we not have a shot where an adult is rushing in saying, no, 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 no. Yeah, we don't. We don't have that shot. Like what was happening? <laughs> I was literally waiting for the camera to drop mm-hmm. and be right. like a bad edit yeah. out and then just like pan to the next thing. Like, sure. Yeah. Um, <sighs> no, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I was like going to say like the liability that they took on with this is mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> <laughs> just like I. I don't know, like as a parent, how you would let your kid go on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it's funny, too, when they like the kids that win the gold stars, they call home and they're always like, we're so proud of you. It's, you know, keep sticking it out. You're doing great. <laughs> I think it makes me think that the parents think something wildly different is happening. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I have I have a theory about the parent calls, actually. Yeah, that... I've been trying to figure that out, too. Because because there's a camera crew yeah. with the parents. And so it can't just be that, like, the kid is given the gold star. They run and call their parents because there needs to be time for the camera crew to get there. So I have, like, I have a theory that 
either all of the phone calls happened after the fact, like Mm -hmm. a day or two after the fact, or all of the kids made a phone call home Mm -hmm. and they just recorded it. Interesting. Well, I don't think that that phone is real that they're talking into. And so like there's they're not dialing. It all of a sudden sounds like just a cell phone is dialing in. It doesn't sound like an old phone. And so it's clearly not happening right then or there at all. Right. Hmm. I want to figure this out now. Or they did run and call home in a different location with a production member's cell phone and they recorded the audio. No, that doesn't work. Well, because this is the thing is the because uh, because in episode three, uh, Mallory wins the gold star. Oh, that's the other thing. I don't know if we've even. Yeah, talked I don't about think this. you have. And you should just, you should explain what. <laughs> so so the council uh, every every like three or four days, something like that. Basically, every every time there's an episode, they uh, they give a gold star to the best citizen I think is how they describe it. Basically, I don't know. There's it's so arbitrary, um, but it's a a literal like gold star, and it's worth twenty thousand dollars. No, it's worth its weight in gold. It's <laughs> thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> Freaking discount ass probst. <laughs> Get out of here, Jonathan. Well, and that's the thing is like he's clearly mimicking probst in this. Like it's I not know. Even, it's not subtle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the gold star is worth twenty twenty thousand dollars. It's given to the best citizen, and uh, as determined by the council. And it's not until episode episode three that we start seeing uh, the townspeople nominate someone um, because democracy. <laughs> Uh, and then they get to go and call their 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 parents and tell them what just happened, that they won $20,000. But the problem is there's a camera with the parents. And so clearly this isn't happening in real time. And I don't know if like in the moment, I mean, like it's so far removed from it. We're like, yeah, this can't be real. But in the moment, do we buy it? Like in 2007, watching that episode, do we buy that this is happening in real time? The phone calls? Yeah, the phone call. Dude, I, I've been trying to figure that out since we saw that like first one, and I can't like wrap my head around the way that it worked. I'm like yeah. doing internet research right now to see if I can figure it out because um, I do want to know. My theory <laughs> is that they actually picked the person the night before and told the producers, mm. or that was actually like two nights before, and we just think it's the day of right and they fly a crew out and they have like them there when it's actually happening but they did have some lead time to get the crew to the house it feels so expensive (laughs) we're also just giving out twenty thousand dollars. first episode they were like here's your town council and they came in on a, helicopter. on a helicopter. So I don't yeah. feel like expenses were that much of a concern for this show. It was pre yes. pre uh, uh, recession. I think they're <laughs> writing it all off because they're giving it to their education. So it could be seen as like ah. a donation. Ooh. So like each $20,000 could be like their way of giving back and like a tax 
credit or whatever. Are they actually giving them $20,000? How does that work? I'm very interested. It probably gets like put into some kind of fund until they're 18. Yeah. Well, they do say like, if you like listen closely, it's like, and then you and your parents get to decide later how you choose to use this for your future. Mm -hmm. This is really shady if the parents can take the $20,000. I think that is a possibility. Yeah. I well okay so there's there is actually a law uh passed by Congress that doesn't let that that makes it illegal for parents to take money won by child or money earned by child actors. I don't know if that would apply to this but I feel like there's some kind of precedent that we could <laughs> that could have been set with that. Well, we all know that Greg has a rough family life due to his um on screen <laughs> performance. And so I'm worried that if he ever gets the 20,000, it won't actually go to him. Um, <laughs> I think he's just a 15 year old boy. So <laughs> a bunch of 10 year olds. So yeah, so let's, let's have some angst. Let's actually, I want to, I want to dive into a few, a few of the people that we've met along the way so far. So um, episode one, we're introduced to our town council, which consists of uh, Laurel, who is uh I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because I didn't write it down. I think she's 12, 14 years old. Is she the redhead? She's from Massachusetts. Yeah, she's 12. She's 12. Okay, so Laurel 12 from Massachusetts. Uh, There's Mike, who is 11. I have no idea where he's from, but he's a Boy Scout. Uh, He sure is. There is Anjay, who I have no idea how old he is. I think he's like 11. I I think he's 11. 11? Okay, we'll go with 11. Uh, And then there's Taylor, who is 10 years old. Um, and these are our council members and then a few of the major characters we've sort of been introduced to at this point. Uh, there's Michael, who's a member of the green team. He's 14 years. Is he green team? Yeah. 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 Four, he's 14 years old. Uh, there's Sophia, also a member of the green team, 14 years old. Who Queen. Is, uh, a, a, she, she's taken over the kitchen, essentially. Um, there's Greg and then. It's Greg and Blaine, but it's Greg, um, who is uh, 15, a member of the blue team. Uh, and then Olivia and Mallory are sisters from Indiana. They're nine and 12. They're members of the blue team, red team. I think they're blue. Blue. That sounds right to me. I think those are the big characters who kind of introduced to at this point. There are a few other ones, DK and stuff like that. But like those are people we have actual like story arcs for. Um so we've talked about Greg may or may not be a sociopath. I'm sorry. I <laughs> he's 15 years old. I get it. But also like at the end of every episode, like we're basically just watching his descent into a supervillain. <laughs> every time he doesn't win a gold star. Um, what are our favorite Greg moments at this point? <laughs> uh, I loved when um when early on at the first like town hall meeting, when uh, he was like trying to speak up and then Mike, because Mike, we could talk for a long time about Mike. Mike is every person who's ever worked with kids had has worked with a mic. Um, just very loud, very angry. He's right about a lot of stuff and he's so, so competent and you can't tell him otherwise. But, you know, Mike, 
uh, doesn't take too kindly to Greg trying to speak up. And so Mike gets in Greg's face and then and Greg says, don't get in my face. And then Mike gets more deeply in Greg's face and he he pushes the child. (laughs) And in that moment, I was kind of like, kind of deserve that, Mike. (laughs) So that's that's a really interesting take, though, because in some sense, like Greg is undermining Mike's authority in some sense. Like Mike is the, the council leader. And he's trying to take control. And then he has Greg, who's kind of standing behind him, like telling him, like, hey, you suck at this. You're not good at this. Like, you need to do better. Take control. Take control. Yeah. And that's sort of him taking control. I don't feel like it's, you know, know, the problem was Greg didn't want to be controlled there. Right. Right. I think he was like he was like trying to help. Right. But yeah. And maybe his way of helping was controlling. But there was also he had like a, um, a confessional or whatever, where he's like, I've done, you know, like tile work and duct work and <laughs> butcher and I've ran PVC. And it's like, what freaking 15 year old <laughs> has all these right? skills? That was my thought. Also, if like we I, do this in 2020, all, they're going to be like, hey, I'm really good at Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I um, got strong holes vibes. Uh, from the very beginning of the show <laughs> with the bus pulling up into a dusty lot. Um, and I just feel like all of the characters could probably be, um, yeah, could be compared to a Holes character. I was trying to look them up um, real quick to find the name of the mean one on Holes. If anyone can pull that reference out. Um, yeah, I feel like he's the mean one that like hits the other kid in the lunchroom. Um, yeah, I just got like, I just have been waiting for that reference to come up. What is the name of the mean one? From okay. holes? From holes. The mean kid. Is it X-ray? armpit? X-ray? It might be X-ray. I'm pretty sure it's X-ray, right? It's he's He's like in charge or something. Yeah. That feels right. Let's go with X-ray. <laughs> X-ray. If we're wrong, tweet at us. <laughs> yeah. Holes Rewatch Podcast coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, how do we feel about Laurel then? Um, Emily, you you are in love with Laurel's accent. Well, I just really enjoyed it. They first interviewed her when they were announcing the council and I couldn't tell that she had an accent, <laughs> but then what did she say? She said something where it was very apparent. It was like when people say like Harvard Yad, like yeah. she said something she dropped her R's two so in a bad. row. She dropped uh, okay. her R's. I was like, yes, you are so from Massachusetts. It was great. I couldn't, I, I could like feel that every once in a while, but I couldn't like pinpoint what the accent was they're but. working they're working hot they're working hot <laughs> i can't do it but laurel can because she's a genuine work a wicked hot yeah <laughs> i was like worried that she had a speech impediment <laughs> for a oh second. no she's from boston girl well, yeah i well, mean then that's I saw that. she doesn't yeah because it's <laughs> no, stronger at some points than others but yeah, she's no she cute. sounds like she's from massachusetts like it's yeah, she so does. strong she does 
Also, I didn't say this, but just so everyone knows, I am very uncomfortable with this show. <laughs> speak, speak to that. What? What? Like, because because this is this is going to be the tension of the whole like show as we're watching it. Is yeah, it was made as entertainment, but we also know how awful it is. You in particular, I can't enjoy it. I really can't. And I was like, honestly, waffling if I should even be on the podcast because I was like, I'm just going to be a fun suck but it's actually nice and therapeutic to talk it through with our friends um much like greg i am super angsty when i watch this show i i don't know i hate that like these kids probably didn't choose to be on the show right you know like their parents probably and i don't know i'd love to see some facts but their parents probably chose for them to be on the show it's entertainment if it's entertainment or a social experiment, it's children, and I don't feel good about that. Right, right. Yeah. Either way. It's also interesting because I keep hearing, because I've done some, like, light research because I need to figure out what's happening. And I've seen that the producer was saying, like Adam was mentioning, the producer wanted this to be more of a documentary series to see, like, how kids will act when they aren't dictated by adults who have, like, lived life. Um, and see if they can create a more perfect society. But then you throw in a class system mm-hmm. and okay, that's completely out the window then that you're going mm-hmm. to just this idea of, well, kids can create a better society if we let them. Well, you, you haven't let them, you've put in these, you've implemented these things that are going to inhibit them actually mm-hmm. doing that. And so that is just kind of like a false thought i guess i just i don't know it makes me sad to see the kids crying when they're feeling lonely and when they want to go home and even like i don't like that it is entertainment too because we get to the third episode and taylor is being not nice she is being very (laughs) selfish yeah and she's being a child because she is a child and all these people stand up and they're like you're being horrible and we don't like you and she starts crying she's up there in front of everybody and she's just crying i'm like this is yes because she's a child and even if she's not behaving correctly i mean she's got to learn but i don't feel like this is the way it should happen she's never had to make herself a bowl of cereal let alone make 40 kids yeah homemade food from a cookbook. Emily, you're missing step number one to enjoying reality television. Oh, and that's pretending <laughs> that these people aren't real. <laughs> 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 that the trauma they're experiencing isn't real. You have to pretend that. <laughs> I think I, a low point was watching the little girls like create a teddy bear like daycare. Cr- daycare. Yeah. That felt like um I still can't quite put words to it. The like amount of psychological, I don't know. Like, like are are we good here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, is everyone okay? Everyone okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just felt worried for them. Yeah. So I, I think this is the thing though, is because. <laughs> if I was 10, I would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the thing, though, is is the show is basically pitched as well. Uh, so it's it's pitched as a reality game show. It's t- to the audience. It's uh, pitched to CBS as a social experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, 
I, I think more often than not, the show feels like the producers are trying to recreate Lord of the Flies. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because week after week, in particular, Greg, uh, we, we see Greg descend further and further into anger over not winning a gold star. So so episode one, he's very strong. He very He's, he's very much like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But he's also kind of mean he's rough around the edges and then he learns that there is a gold star and money on the line episode two he is helping everyone he possibly can he's doing things that he doesn't have to do he's being the type of person that he thinks would win the gold star he kills a chicken he does kill a chicken because of what the town wants hated that he he's butchered chickens he's butchered pigs he's butchered cows he's he's a little psychopath um (laughs) oh gosh and then episode, and he doesn't win the gold star in episode two. And then episode three, we see him lash out about that at the beginning. We see him kind of come around on it as, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm angry, but I'm still going to help the town, which feels like it should be more gold star worthy because in some sense he's still helping, even though he's angry mm-hmm. at what is happening. And then he doesn't get the gold star and it ends with this very dark <laughs> Uh, one-on-one with him where he's like, I'm going to like show him basically. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess this is our question. Do we feel like the the commentary on it, that it is a, a social experiment? Do we feel like this is an earnest? Well, I think you, you've like said it well. I, I don't remember which one of you said it, but that like, I don't know, like that idea on its own is like kind of compelling and interesting. But then once yeah, when you introduce systems that keep that from happening, it yeah, it's no longer like earnest or real. And like, yeah, the the class system, you know, namely is like, I don't know. I, I understand why CBS like wanted to take this idea and, and like gamify it a little bit. Um, and and like, I think that you know the showdowns are some of the more like compelling parts of the show, but like. To instead just kind of like let them go would have been interesting as a as a social experiment, if not as like a television show, you know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that like, yeah, it's tough to see that as actually their goal here, right? Instead, their goal is to create yeah a reality TV show where there's drama and stakes, and I don't know, wild stuff happens. Right. Right. Well, and yeah, and that's and that's fair. It's like this is this is part of the issue with this conversation is we. It's hard to separate. It's hard to separate entertainment from what is actually happening. Yeah. Well, I think like could the kids. Continue on without the incentivization of the classes that it provided and the structure that they're so used to, it did give them some sort, which obviously is what you're saying is Mm -hmm. like not making it earnest, but without that, like it would have become Lord of the Flies a lot faster (laughs) and just like way more screaming. There's just been, there's a lot of screaming. screaming. It's so stressful. The whole thing is just a bunch of screaming. Do we feel like okay? So yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna fix this, if we're gonna make this slightly less tense or stressful or whatever, 
what are some changes that we would make to the show then? I think you could just make it a real like a reality competition show and have kids do it. Like these existed, right? Like Nickelodeon Guts and Legends of the Hidden Temple, you know, existed mm. and those were fine. Like That's you could, a good point. You could actually. take 40 kids and like have it be okay, you split into four groups, there's going to be competitions, you have like duties to perform and like at the end of each 3-day cycle, you know, there's like some thing that you win and you guys are going to have to learn to like get together and like or work together and you know xyz in order for this to go well and i don't know i think that takes some of the edge off and also yeah like allows for there to be more producer interaction because yeah once you start saying like we're just gonna let them do what they're gonna do like of course you open the door to like it's a bunch of kids. They don't know what the, what to do. And so they're going to make bad decisions that are like harmful to themselves or to other people. So, yeah. so I think you need like a healthy amount of direction yeah. from like, a, you just need like a healthy amount of adult supervision this whole time. Like, like not enough to like influence the kids, but also like you don't want like want kids running rough shot out in the middle of the desert with no direction. Like when the storm hit, yeah I'm like it'd be really good to see like an adult right now yeah <laughs> and they're there right every every producer and every camera person is an adult right but like how much are they interacting with the kids how much are they saying like keeping them from killing themselves you know like we don't know that yeah or like risking their lives for like a good shot of a storm mm -hmm. sweeping the kids into buildings like well, that so to me I just felt careless I, I will also say, at least uh, later on, I, I, it's hard to find interviews from the from the time. So this was a very controversial show when it went on the air. Um, whether you can believe that or not, there was a lot of criticism about it. Uh, and reassuring. I'm sure there are interviews from it, but just the way searching works, it's harder to find that stuff than the more recent things. Um, there's an interview done uh a few years ago for the 10 year anniversary where they talk about how they had basically a full on pediatrics department, uh, like, uh, physicians and psychologists for kids hmm. in order to make sure that they were safe and like, you know, no one got seriously hurt or was traumatized. And in some sense, they do a very good job of making you feel like, are you doing anything to help these kids? Right. And yeah. so there's that question of like, are you just saying that now after the fact, like how are, are you, are you inflating how robust your safety measures were to this, to help make this less you know, criticized or whatever. But there is a lot of support that is apparently happening in the background. Yeah. They just do a really good job of not showing it. Yeah. Which, I mean, is kind of the hallmark of any reality, any good reality show. Because, I mean, like the amount of work that goes into Survivor, like behind the scenes, mm -hmm. that like you bet you get zero sense of because all you're focused on is what's happening with the people right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think what's like, I don't know what the word to describe this is. I don't know what I feel about it, but like, I don't know, maybe it's an, an apt like... Um, I don't know, like 
image of, I don't know, th- this reflects real life in some way, I guess, right? And that in the midst of all of this, like, you're watching loud, chaotic drama and, like, these kids doing, like, silly things or being mean. And it's, like, a a really, like, terrible spot for them to be in. There's, like, a handful of times an episode where a kid or a group of kids, like, does something and you're like, whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like... That's really cool. Like, this is a smart thing. These kids are smart. They are, like, capable, you know? Uh, That, like, yeah, it's kind of, like, lost in the midst of this. The, like, I don't know if you guys remembered in the, like, very opening sequence where, like, a kid freaking, like, lassos a goat. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This kid just lassoed a goat. And, you know, and, like, yeah, the way that, like. uh, Colton. Was it Colton? Who, like, herded the sheep. Yeah, yeah. He's a cowboy. No doubt. (laughs) Yeah, like, some of these, I don't know, like, really, like, achievements, you know, by these kids that, like, we lose to some degree or, like, overplayed by, I don't know, Taylor the beauty queen not wanting to work and the kid's response to that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to it makes me wonder how much work they did beforehand, like recruiting the kids and knowing their background, because like Greg obviously was put on the show for like, I mean, they're they're he's a bully or like they're preying on that vulnerability in him. But also he's a butcher and like they knew at some point they were going to give these kids live chickens and which kid was going (laughs) to. butcher it like or would that have not have been a part of it i did like i said i did some research and i know that the producer was talking about he definitely didn't want to use like child actors in this because he wanted it to be more like natural um so i know that they went to a lot of gifted and talented programs and Mm. recruited from there but then i didn't read anything about this but they have definitely gotten kids from like 4-H and kids from farm farms and yeah. things because those are completely transferable skills in this show. Yeah. And then they have Taylor. And then they have Taylor. Sweet girl. There is, we're talking about recruiting and there was a quote, I, I've written down a few quotes, a, a few yes. choice quotes um, throughout the, the episodes, but uh, in episode two, uh, Emily, his uh, she she loves the chickens and she doesn't want them mm. to butcher the chickens. She locks herself in the pen. Chicken oh, I thought we were talking about me until you said that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> Would have been the same thing. Uh, she's nine years old and she, you know, she she basically says, "If you butcher the chickens, then I'm going to leave." Uh, and she ultimately makes the decision to not leave, even though they do butcher the chickens. Uh. And one of the things she says is, when my mom told me to come, mm-hmm. which I, heard I think tells us a lot about what the recruiting was like for this show. It, it, it wasn't like a bunch of kids who were like, I want to be on TV. I want to like be an actor like this is a game show that I want to be a part of. It was producers who went to schools who went to communities and were like, we're looking for people to do this thing. And someone's Emily's mom in this case went to her kid and said, like, you should do this. Yeah. Which 
is like that's not a bad thing like parents should push their kids to do something maybe not this i don't know <laughs> there's a question about whether this is the right thing or not yeah. i was supposed <laughs> to go to summer camp and like that was hard enough this is kind of like fucked up summer camp <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> It totally is. I've read through Michael's entire AMA on Reddit. Uh, <laughs> Michael did an AMA? He was talking about, yeah. he was 14 when he joined the show and he even answered a question. Someone was like, would you, like, do you have regrets? Would you have, like, looking back, are you glad that you did this? Would you still do it? And he was like, yeah, I'm glad that I did it. I I have no regrets about it. But he was 14. He was 14. Sure. So I just wonder, like, the younger kids. And I, I think that's a big thing that I would change about this show if I was going to try to bring it back, which I never would because it's a ridiculous thing. But um, if I was going to try to bring it back, eight to 15 years old is such a wide range. There's so much development that happens between those years. And also, you can't trust a bunch of, you know, 14, 13 to 15 year olds to like not be supervised and stay in their own bunks. So, like, it's just. There's so many things about the show that are hard to like. Yeah, I, I had a problem with that, with like the whole Greg Rampage scene mm. and like him cursing. And I was not expecting that and was like, why is no one stepping in to calm him down? That is a producer. Um, and just like the little girls being super scared and like. Yeah, everything within me was like I was like I literally felt my body like going towards the screen, wanting to like cut the tension or like fix the situation and like calm them down and just like felt so sad and like worried for them and also worried for Greg. Like that just shows like so much built up aggression and like how he sees you know, problems being solved outside of the show, you know? Well, and this is the thing that we talk about in Survivor where we'll come up with a strategy or or someone will do something dumb and we'll have to remember that they're, they've been living on an island for 28 days. They're sleep deprived, they're malnourished. In this case, like their brain isn't fully developed. Mm, <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, they're sleep deprived. Nine years old. They're they're cold. They're hungry. They're they're all of these things. And so we just see in in some cases, we see the absolute worst in them, especially in this Greg moment where we just know that, like, at some point along the way, it feels like someone has failed him. But also, like, in this moment right now, there is an adult who is failing him. Mm -hmm. And we never see that out that that adult come and, like, try to correct this. Right. And then we see a, a testimonial where he's like, he seems to have gotten over it. And we just kind of move past it. Sure. Yeah. Oh. Um, let's talk about the showdowns because those are actually kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in episode one, uh, so the showdowns were divided in districts. Uh, like, I, I think I said this earlier, if everyone completes the showdown in a certain amount of time, they get to choose between two different rewards. Uh, and then the order that they complete the showdown determines their where they fit in the class structure the producer set up. Uh, in episode one, it's the water pump showdown. So uh, 
each district has their own pump and they are trying to get water out from the ground. Uh, they have to put it over these pipes and then put a tube down the pipes and then physically pump the water out uh, and then fill these three jars uh, as quickly as possible. Um, winds up being that the red team, uh, it, this is utterly meaningless. Uh, the red team... <laughs> Is the upper class the blue is the merchant class, the yellow is the cooks, and the green are the laborers. Uh, and the rewards they get to choose between are either more outhouses, because currently there is one outhouse for 40 kids, or a television, which is awesome. Uh, that the producers were like, they might choose a TV. <laughs> In the second showdown, they uh, they have to run this pipe through this sort of obstacle course kind of thing uh, and then turn a water wheel at the end of it. They're just connecting PVC pipe together to get water from one end to the other, essentially, while water is running through it. Uh, the blue team gets the upper class. The red team gets the merchant class. The yellow gets the cooks again and the green get the labor again, where Michael from the green team, uh, oh, the green team actually doesn't finish in this, but Michael, uh, says and i quote it could be worse we could live in ethiopia yeah yeah i heard um so that was cool if they had completed it in time which they don't they would have gotten to choose between a 40 foot water slide or several non-freezing water pumps throughout the town (laughs) which i mean you've got to take the water slide right right you've got to take the 40 foot it's heated it's a heated water slide it's a pretty (laughs) sick water slide uh, and then episode three, uh, there the 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 council leader in charge of your district stands uh, higher up. There are a bunch of sheep with names written on the back, uh, and then they have a wanted list. And uh, on the sheep, there are an, there's an ace card with your district color on it. Uh, your goal is to get three of these ace cards with your district color on it, uh, directed by your councilman. If everyone manages to do it in five minutes, which they do, they choose between a microwave uh, and cocoa or 40 pizzas. I just which, have again, a I love. <laughs> uh, what, what do we feel about these challenges going into this? Uh, we're a Survivor podcast, so we like to, I love to talk about the challenges. Uh, Scott, how do we feel the challenges compare? Ooh. That's a tough question. I think I still think Survivor does it better. Um, <laughs> I did love the water challenge with the the oil rig style pump thing. Mm-hmm. That one was cool. I loved that one a lot. I did not. I was not as big a fan of the sheep one. I didn't fully understand what was going on there, to be honest. But I just feel like maybe it's because there's adults doing the Survivor challenges. I just feel like they're somehow better done, personally. The sheep challenge was the first bad one. I'm a big fan yeah. of the pipe running challenge. Um, it's it's not as good as the water pump one. But there's a moment in there where Greg has a Blaine. So, so there's like a wall of pipes and only one of them actually leads to the exit pipe. And so Greg has Blaine talking to each pipe until he can hear him. Uh and it's just like it's brilliant that he didn't have to like run the pipes each one. I love that moment. Um, it was just a really great moment of like this 15 year old figure out how to do it better than this eight year old. Surprise. Um, 
Yeah, we've definitely seen survivor challenges that are worse than these. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Adam, you you have experience at summer camp. I had a number of moments in these episodes and some of these showdowns, um, especially that PVC pipe one, especially triggered this where I'm like, this is just high budget, unsupervised camp. Oh, yeah. Like there would be a number of things that would happen. And I'm like, I've experienced some version of this when there's lots of kids together, except the difference was that there were adults here to stop it from happening. (laughs) (laughs) And like these games, especially the PVC pipe ones, it feels like, all right, here's the like the big game we cooked up, you know, for all the kids to play. Well, that's that is honestly like some of these games are things that like. If I had an unlimited budget and an engineer who could make just anything work, like I, so I worked as a, as, as an interim director and then a director, uh, for, for a summer camp for two years. And like some of these games, like I would have done this, like that water pump game. If I had the means to make that game, I would have made that game and we would have played it like every summer. Yeah. The, the pipe game is a fun thing. You probably do that as like each cabin gets a chance to just play it by themselves. But the sheep thing is fun, too. I mean, we used to play a game where we would uh, all the all the all the kids would stand around a giant mud puddle and then we would release like pigs into the middle of it. And you would call it a number. And if you had that number, you'd have to run in and try to like capture the pig for your team. <laughs> uh, and the sheep reminds me of that. Like, it's probably it's. It's a more humane way of probably playing that game, um, I, I will admit. But no, I felt really bad for the sheep. The whole also, time. yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a great thing. <laughs> like they're like naturally it. like scared creatures. Right. And so then you like. Add well, in. Greg, let us know that if you move fast, they move fast. But if you move slow, they'll slow down, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was Greg is so for, wise. I was waiting for a sheep to just like bite a kid's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, are there any like major plot points that we've missed talking about at this point? I have a question and a theory. Go for it. Let's hear it. Greg is a freaking plant. (laughs) (laughs) What is the question? Do you guys agree with this? So, (laughs) So he just so happens to be a butcher. Hmm. When they needed him to be a butcher. And I, my theory is he's just there to sow chaos into this whole show. Like they've coached him on to do this, I think. <laughs> I literally asked myself that watching this. Like even from like the first thing where they said like he's running around and they're graffitiing. Like when they first split into groups, like him and the Blaine kid run around and write graffiti on all over like the town signs and stuff. I'm like, Greg's just here to be like a villain and like be the anti story to this whole season. And so what are does, there, does anybody else agree with me when I say this? That's a compelling theory because he is skilled in all the ways that like they need someone to be skilled as well. Yeah, he's definitely the Joker to Mike's Batman. <laughs> We cannot compare Mike no. to Batman. <laughs> no, but he is his arch nemesis. So, so basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, uh, 
No, go ahead. I was going to say, just like, we need to, we're going to butcher chickens. Oh, I'm I'm a butcher. Mm-hmm. What? You're 15. No, you're not. <laughs> I don't know. I just had a hard time believing it or watching it. Yeah, I, I, his knowledge is pretty, pretty wide for a 15 year old. Um, I will say I helped my aunt and uncle butcher a couple of pigs when I was a sophomore in high school, which puts me at about 16. I mean, that's not too far off. I guess that's true. I, I don't know. Maybe I would just was like a very sh- lived a very sheltered childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have a hard time believing all of this, which I guess I could see. Like, I'm walking back my own theory now. Talking it out loud. I guess I, like I totally see like a 15 year old doing stuff like I just said. But we should, I don't know. I just have a hard time believing it in the moment. Yes. I would say at the very least, he was chosen to be the villain. I, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Whether whether he was a full on plant and that he was like coached in the things that they would need him to be coached in. And I mean, it's like set up to be an interesting dynamic where he's the kid that like all the other kids don't like, but yet they need him. They need him to mm-hmm. kill chickens and overturn outhouses. And over, and overturn. <laughs> he's the brawn. He's the Bron tribe. He is the Bron. He is. There's a real similarity there in Survivor because you have this the physically strong player mm-hmm. who maybe isn't the best personality, but they keep them on because they need them. Because they need them. Oh, who's the who's the Survivor analog we've watched so far? Is he uh is he Bert? No, Bert was a nice guy. Sean mm. from Pearl Islands. Who was the? Who was like? Who was like a a, a horse? Oh, trainer. LJ. LJ, yeah. What do we feel about comparing him to LJ? He could be LJ. He could be LJ. Totally. Could it be Jeremiah? Could be Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> I got some serious man points today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, TBT to, um, when, to when Tony talked about Jeremy. He was referring to I, Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the thing that struck me the hardest early on and that I just can't get out of my head is how it's like it's too real that the upper class doesn't have to do any work and yet they make double the amount of money as anyone else. Yeah. That's too true to life and it is upsetting that that's also real life. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, I don't like that. It is, it's a pretty, it's a wild thing to me that that's how they chose to do it. Like, I, I feel like you could even have let the kids decide and wound up with the same type of show. Like if you just had a moment where it's like, all right, all of you are going to vote on how much you think, like this is all of the money that can be paid. Either we can distribute this equally to the different jobs or this job can get paid more. This job can be paid less. That would be a very interesting way for the kids to make their own society. 
Because that's I, I think that's the thing that it's missing, where it's like the producers seem to make a lot of the big decisions. So if you want to treat it as a social experiment, it's not because the producers make the decisions for the kids that are really would have the biggest impact in terms of we're building a society, quote unquote. Right. Yeah, I think it's them like not having faith that the kids would actually pull through and still be have this desire to make movement within the community instead they feel like if we don't provide these structures or these money incentive incentives with these challenges yeah they're like they're just gonna riot or i don't know like what they thought well and this is this is part of the problem too is that like the yellow team is bad at being cooks yeah like they're not good cooks and so the green team winds up being cooks anyway so the society has fallen apart under the structure that they set where they were very rigid that this is how we determine who does what as opposed to. What are you skilled at? Yeah, I think like I think there's a way that, again, we're dealing with kids. So, like, obviously, this should never happen. What I'm about to say, um, but there's a way where you make this show where it's like. The producers are providing structure, they're saying, all right, you could do it this way or you could do it this way. And the kids decide one of those two ways. And then they live with that decision. Which which feels more true to what they claim they were setting out to do, in my mind, at least. Right. Like, even back to, like, your money example, it's like you could just say, like, hey, you four council people, you need to figure out how this will be divided up. Right. And let them go. Like, you don't. Right. Like, you're setting the the parameter but you're letting them ultimately dictate it All right. my, uh, uh, I, my my only other note um is that michael aka eric reichenbach jr which uh <laughs> our survivor fan listeners will get the reference and appreciate um big time winner at it for michael <laughs> i think he's early on he's a candidate to get the million dollars at the end getting a lot of sweeping dramatic score when he's talking uh big time winner at it for michael mm-hmm. <laughs> that does lead me to two points that i have not yet discussed one the music in this thing is nauseating amazing it's right? yeah, nauseating <laughs> it changes with the the drop of a hat it's like everything is super sad or it's super inspiring or it's plunky saloon piano it's it's a whirlwind. It's and old Yeller's soundtrack, I think. You know, that what? movie with the dog that dies? <laughs> old Yeller. And like yeah. they have to go find it or where the red fern grows, like that era. I think mm-hmm. it's just that soundtrack that they're just playing. I think we, no, I think that's accurate. We also miss out on commercial breaks. Right, but also <laughs> like like I agree no, I agree no, the soundtrack no. sucks, but also like we're missing like hard breaks in the show where we're not watching. Regardless, it they'll like have the kids talking and then someone will say something and they'll have a kid reacting to it and their head'll whip around and then it'll be like dun dun This is I I can make the assumptions. You don't need to make the music make the assumptions for me. My second point though is I am so uncomfortable and I would love to have someone who was on this show on our podcast. Michael, I know you did an AMA. I would love to hear more. Please help us deal with what, what's happening. Give us more insight. We'd Inspire love to know us, Michael. The, the 
the background of this show or anyone else. I don't know who else has talked about this publicly. Yeah, if you if you're listening and you Taylor. know somebody who did this show or you know somebody who knows somebody who did this show, send and them our way. Also, super I, interested. I just wanted to ask: Does anyone know if George Bush actually, um, you know, sponsored this? Or <laughs> yeah, that's another good point. So, so this is actually something that I it's election year. So, so it's 2007. So, in November of this year, so this is aired in September. Uh, Obama is going to be elected president. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, there was a moment that. where Emily says, and I, I think it's Emily, in reference to the chickens being killed, oh, there mm-hmm. says they're going to hang them like Saddam Hussein, which yeah. happened a year prior and was all over the news, like like the actual footage of Saddam Hussein being hung. Mm-hmm. Which is it's which is a ridiculous thing to happen. Like first of all, like that shouldn't have happened. But also, like it's clear the impact that this has had on children. Sure. Do you did your parents let you guys watch that? I don't. Like, do you remember that? that? So I, that's the thing. Now is, that you say I, that, I, I remember I, seeing the footage. Yeah. But like, I remember as a thirteen-year-old, probably. I was I was fourteen at the time. Like I remember seeing it, but I also remember my parents like very quickly changing channels. Like. Sure. My life was highly censored. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have cable. Yeah, like talking about it, I can like picture the footage in my head. You know, I don't mm. remember like how and when I saw it, but yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. This is just such a weird. It's such a weird year, in 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 particular, to have a bunch of kids who are like gleaning all this information that we probably assume they're not gleaning. It kind of makes me wonder, like in. I mean, I would love to just talk to kids from like 2016 or 2017 and see what they gleaned during the whole like presidential election. Yeah. Like how much how much did they miss? What are their in, what, what are their thoughts? Obviously, they're dumb. They're children. But like, <laughs> what are they? <laughs> That's a joke for anyone who doesn't know Adam that well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? It is a joke. Stop it. <laughs> I love kids, um, but but it, it's 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 this is an interesting insight into that. So from like it's it's it is unfortunately a check in the this is an interesting social experiment category. Sure. It just has nothing to do with what they set out to like create. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because pre- uh, President Bush is brought up so that um, the hanging thing they discussed, and Bush is just kind of peppered into conversation like mm-hmm. pretty no, regularly not. yeah so yeah. i think like you know which i don't know what to glean from that but basically like you know well, kids are listening to what's happening politically right. i mean for emily she's nine years old that means that she has had i mean bill clinton was president when she was born and then george w bush mm-hmm. oh, that's for true. eight years yeah she's just that's seen true. him as president and, whole and, life. and and in that time like some pretty crazy things happened in mm-hmm. 9-11 and then mm-hmm. going to war in Afghanistan and Katrina and like all of these major things happened over those eight years where, I mean, it's just one right after the other. How is Bush responding to this? How is Bush responding to this? How is Bush responding to this? It, I don't know. It kind of, like, it makes sense to me that they're like, they're gleaning, they're quoting that. Yeah. And he's just like the, the stand in as like, 
the the leader figure. A leader. Right, yeah. right. That's yeah. true. He's the leader of America as far as kids are concerned, you yep. know. Yeah, there's like one, I forget who said it, but someone's like, I bet George Bush has to get loud so people listen to him sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, he's the like the stand in, the symbol of leadership. Yeah. Well, that's probably so I, like I forget, but like that's what they're learning in school. Like, yeah, probably like it's probably being talked about. Like, I forget what school is like then, but <laughs> we had like a I guess I'm remembering now we had like a current events board in the fourth grade. That we would talk about all the things that are happening and then we would discuss it. Hmm. So I wonder if, yeah, it's just like a part of their education, too. Yeah. Um, I I find that part really interesting, but or it's part of the 4-H curriculum or it could be part of the 4-H. Is it curriculum. very like right wing? They pledge allegiance to the flag and then George W. Bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember doing. 4-H. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for someone to make an Obama reference, though. Like, yeah. it has to happen, right? I mean, like, if this aired in 2007, like, I'm sure they filmed it a ways in advance, right? Like, I don't or know. Am I? Long I'm not a year off, am I? It was like, Obama I don't was, know. He was elected in 2000. And, he took office eight. in 2008. Mm-hmm. So November of yeah. 2007, he right? was elected. Yeah. No, no, he was elected in 2008. I'm a year off. Yeah. Oh, so then he like technically he was took president, office in 2009. Yeah, from 2009 to 2017. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, so I'm a year off. Are. So yeah, so we're in, we're even ramping up to that uh, whole, that whole election cycle, which yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I I think we. I mean, we've been talking for what like an hour, an hour, something like that. I. I don't think there's any more specific points that I want to make about these first three episodes. So uh, I'll give everyone kind of a last chance. Is there anything that stood out to you that we didn't talk about something really weighing on you? <laughs> I, don't think I got so. my Greg plant theory off my chest, so I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> I think Sophia's great. I just want that to be known. I love everything Sophia's done so far. You think she deserved the... The gold star. Oh, for sure. No question. And that's why we're meant to be, folks, because if you remember at the beginning of this episode, I said that I would be Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle. Full circle. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, do I do I have to hand it back to you, Alex, or am I am I the host until I hand it back to you? Is that what happens? I think it's it's yours until it's handed back. Okay. well, (laughs) Uh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Outwatch. <laughs> uh, if you enjoy this show, you should uh, check out Dungeon Arcade. Yes. It's nothing like this show, but it's a lot of fun. It is also uh, hosted by Adam. I am slightly behind on the uploads because I've been transferring our host and also been a little busy. The world's going crazy right now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Uh, but yeah, you check out Dungeon Arcade. Uh, we are going to talk about this for three more episodes. If you are really curious as to what the show is like, because it is a fever dream. 
you check out Kid Nation. If you search for it on YouTube, you should be able to find it. Uh, CBS isn't brave enough to put it on CBS All Access. So if anyone has a phone number of the president of CBS, you send that my way. Nope, incorrect. I'll give him a call. We'll see if we can get this, you know, <laughs> stop hiding. It's false. See if we can get this worked out. <laughs> so until next time, it's Kid next Nation. Next time on... Outwatch. <laughs> we'll d- discuss episodes four through six of Kid Nation. So, yeah, Taylor's uh, little catchphrase on this show is deal with it. Deal with it. Deal so with it. I think we should end that way. <laughs> and if you don't like this content, deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> but please keep listening. Yeah, we'll be back to Survivor in a few episodes, but I hope you stick with us through through Kid Nation. It's a fun little um Side trail. I do. I I have one more question. That I forgot. No. We can we can exit on this. Okay. Okay. Episodes one through three. Emily, do you want to leave Bonanza? Wow, what a question! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think if I've been too uncomfortable, I would have left day one, and I probably would have been too uncomfortable. So yeah, I'm probably gone. Scott, episodes one through three. Do you want to leave Bonanza? Um, both yes and no. At this point, I'm hooked. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, one through three. Do you want to leave Bonanza? Are we saying like me now or if I was in the show? Either or. Um, well, There's no always, structure to my questions. Yeah, I've <laughs> always had a savior complex. And so I would have definitely say stayed to save the the little kids. Yeah. All right, Alex. Not only am I staying, I'm going to sweep those gold stars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I am for sure staying in Bonanza because I can't I can't look away. Listen, sometimes George Bush has to stick it out when things are hard. Yeah. Sometimes people call him bossy because he has to be in charge. Sometimes George Bush has to fly Air Force One over New Orleans after a hurricane. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. (laughs) Wow. Deal with it.